Hello and welcome back to The Hum. This is Karina Dross and this is the bonus side feed of The Hum and the Holler. And here is where I take you through the highlights of the astrology from new moon to new moon. And we are beginning today's episode with today's new moon, the new moon in Leo on July 28th. And you may notice this is a little late. I usually try to get these out at least the day before the new moon. But times have been such that I have needed a little more slowness to get you a podcast that's worth listening to. If you remember the movie The Princess Bride, I'm thinking of Miracle Max, who has a classic line, if you you rush the miracle maker, you'll get a rotten miracle. And there are times when I'm sitting with the astrology and sitting with the news and with what I'm holding from what I'm hearing from my clients and what I'm holding in my own personal life. And all of this together needs a lot of processing right now. You might be noticing this in your own life, that the amount of stress, the amount of crisis coming in from close by, far away, present moment, past, future, that it's all a lot right now. And so I thank you for allowing me to be a little late with this. And I also really encourage you as much as possible to give yourself that permission if you are not yet where you want to be to do something that's important to you. So let's get into it. Today, as I'm recording, and as I hope this will get out to you on this day, today is July 8th, there is a new moon in Leo today. And generally, a new moon is a time to begin things, to plant seeds, to be in a process of noticing what wants to grow in your life. And Leo is a beautiful energy for returning us to our heart center, to the ways in which we are here to be authentically ourselves, to know what makes us happy, what makes us shine forth in the way that only we can. So Leo really celebrates and brings a lot of buoyant, excited, courageous energy to our selfhood, our our showing up who we are as we are. This new moon is also all about the collective because there is a lot of Uranian energy happening. Uranus is the ruler of the sign opposite Leo, which is Aquarius. And so when you have a Leo new moon and there's a lot of Uranus action, one thing we know already is whatever seeds we plant around our personal lives on a day like this, Ideally, we will want those to be aware of reaching toward and participating with the collective energy that we want to help thrive. There are beautiful ways to do this, and I also want to give you a little bit of a heads up about where you can get stuck in the weeds, because the energy astrologically is not all about flow and ease, let's to put it mildly. There's there's some crunchiness, there's some tension, there's some frustration and stickiness associated with this new moon as well. Um, We're coming out of a week where there's been heightened tension around communication and relationships. Some of that energy is lingering. And specifically on today's new moon, we have the planet Mercury 
which is how we communicate, how we understand the world and show up with our own thoughts, worldviews, ways of describing what's true for us, ways of reaching for others through language and understanding, all of that. Mercury right now is in a few stressful aspects with some other planetary configurations. The first, there's an opposition to Saturn, which always brings in a question of frustration and limits. And then Mercury is making a square to this very significant configuration. We're going to talk about it in more detail as it perfects on August 1st, but it's still there. It's getting ready. It's very much in the mix right now. And this is a conjunction between Mars, Uranus, and the North Node of the Moon all in Taurus. That is a really potent, rare planetary configuration that we're moving towards more and more intensity as we move from today until the first, and it's going to be with us energetically until at least the end of the second. But this new moon is, is pinging that bell a little bit. And that is a story that brings us into our Mars nature, which is passion, motivation, also the energy that we need to defend ourselves and to pursue what we need. So Mars is an aggressive, assertive, very directed, arrow-like energy. And Uranus is the revolutionary of the zodiac. Uranus is the part of ourselves that is desperately willing for things to change and that is interested in overthrowing the old regime, in being forward-thinking and creating innovative new ways of doing things. And so Uranus is always about change, upheaval, and an eye towards the future. Generally, Uranus-Mars conjunctions are days when we have a lot of energy to make big changes. Or it's a time when the Uranian inspiration we're feeling needs to get channeled somehow through action and physical movement. Mars is the kind of life force that gets bottled up and restless within us. And Uranus is also a bringer of electrical brainstorming possibility. So the two of them together can really get you riled up. When we add the North Node, the North Node is like a cosmic megaphone. The North Node amplifies, expands, and brings a, a heightened sense of consequence and meaning to anything it touches. So the three of these getting together is powerful. The three of these getting together in Taurus energy, this is a sign that is so focused on what we need to establish a sense of security and goodness in our relationship to our own bodies and to the earth. It is no surprise to me that although climate change has been known about for many, many decades, it has kept getting hushed up until now, until this particular transit of Uranus through Taurus, where there is a need to blow the lid off and to be focused and energized and to understand the urgency of what we need to do in order to address this crisis. 
with Saturn also involved in this particular lunation and the Saturn-Uranus squares that have been happening on and off for a bit now, we are in a moment of time astrologically where we are in a tug of war between the old world and the new. And that's present here too. Even as we are feeling an energetic rush towards Uranus energy, towards this north node in Taurus, we are also, the, the Saturn opposition is right there with us. We are aware of the limitations of reality. We are aware of how much effect we can have as individuals, as collectives, as members of a country, as people who do or don't hold certain kinds of power. Working with the energy of this new moon, I strongly recommend that you tap into the Leoness of it all, which means that as you find yourself drifting energetically away from your own center and away from your own heart and away from that kind of courageous summoning up of what feels true and good and valuable to you, if you find yourself moving towards your edges, sort of dissociating from center, sending your mind out into whirling anxiety eddies around the edge of the present moment, deep into the future, far away from you, bring this Leo new moon energy back in, back into your heart, back into the center of what is true for you. Locate yourself in relationships of love, and tend to those during this new moon cycle. Knowing that in tending our intimacies, in being willing and courageous to be vulnerable with one another, to heal, to be accountable, to maintain a sense of connection, even when we are in periods of fear. Doing this work is powerful Leo work, and we'll be getting you toward that Uranian dream. I'm reminded of an image that many of you might have seen if you were in radical circles in the 90s and early 2000s, or maybe you've seen it since then. It is a block print that has an image of a heart and a fist on it, and it says your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Keep loving, keep fighting. And I have a print of this up on my wall right now that was made by my dear friend Dahlia. And there have been times in my life when I have deeply believed in this message. And there have been times in my life when it felt harder to, when I felt more cynical that we weren't going to get there. <laughs> in this moment, it is incredibly easy to feel cynical about the future. And I don't believe we have that luxury. So I offer you this image, this message, to remind you that we still have power, and that the power lies in our capacity to love and to act courageously from a place of love. This brings us to August 1st, which is the day that Uranus, Mars, and the North Node will all be perfectly conjunct together at 18 degrees of Taurus. This is fairly rare for the three of these to all be in the same place in the sky together. And what we do know is that when you combine the three of them, there is the potential for intensity, outward directed activity that is unpredictable, that is focused on upheaval and change, 
And that all of this happening in Taurus means there is a flavor of the change being in service to the need we all have to feel resourced and to feel connected to what helps us experience a sense of safety in our world, in our bodies, in our connection to the earth. And you might notice it is hard to feel those things right now. So much of what we see in the world right now is a result of people experiencing this deep unsettling and uncertainty that is a collective one. We may have drastically different ideas about what the right actions are in response to this uncertainty, but we are all feeling it. We are all feeling the energetic earthquakes. And so on August 1st, the energy of this conjunction can emphasize and bring to the surface a much louder, more obvious earthquake tremor, which in the moment might feel scarier. In the moment might feel like I cannot possibly take any more change or any more uncertainty. But I recommend whatever happens in the world on this day, that you make a commitment to yourself that you will choose to use your energy toward the future that you want to see, even if you're having a hard time believing in it. One of the things that's true about these kinds of transits is that what happens on the day of the transit is just the beginning of a process that can continue for many, many years afterward. And whenever we see Uranus involved, we know that there is the potential for positive, liberating changes to the collective in order to ensure a better future. So I invite you to not get so focused on the negative news. Pay attention to it. Don't keep your head in the sand, but don't get so focused on what's going wrong that you can no longer access the part of you And if you're out there doing just that right now, I send you so much love. And if you want to be doing that and can't find a way toward it, I send you so much love. It's not easy to know how to connect in these times, and it's not easy to see the impact of our actions. There is an imaginative exercise that I want to share with you that I learned in a workshop with Joanna Macy many years ago, which is to imagine that you are the ancestor for the people who will come after you, who are living in the world that you helped to transform, that we have succeeded somehow, whatever that might look like for you. And you don't need to worry about how we got there or exactly what that world looks like. It is enough just to know it happened and that there will be people there who remember you and who know what you did. And in this exercise, when it happens in a full workshop, one person tries on the role of ancestor and the other of descendant, and they have a full conversation, including very specific questions from the descendant to the ancestor about how did it feel when you were in this moment before, when you didn't know that you would win, that winning was possible? How did it feel for you then? 
and what kept you going. Those are the two I remember. I invite you in whatever way you can during the first week of August to be in imaginative exercises like this one. If not, borrow this one whole cloth from Joanna Macy. I believe if you go to her website, you'll probably be able to find something that can point you towards the full exercise. But the point is, we are living in times of such upheaval where so many of us who are not right-wing militias or fighting their own sort of warped understandings of, of revolution in order to keep status quo, which is still kind of breaking my brain. The rest of us who want a world with economic justice, racial justice, climate justice, we need to be finding each other. We need to be in a, a process of believing that we have power and we can use it. And that isn't easy to feel for so many right now. So start to plant some seeds around the new moon. Start to brainstorm. Start to get in touch with your heart and your feelings and what is possibly blocking you from connecting and reaching out and feeling our shared energy. And my guess is that it's grief and fear. These big, hard feelings can really turn us inward and turn us away from each other. Leo season is a really good time to turn outward again. There are a few more transits that I want to touch on before we close. I will have a full list of the major transits of the month up on my Patreon on the first of the month, so you can look for it there. I won't be going through every single one of them as I used to do, but I do have those still in written form up on Patreon every month. And for this podcast, the next highlight we're going to look at happens on August 9th, and this is a Venus opposition to Pluto. On days when we have a Venus-Pluto relationship of any kind, it is always worth asking yourself, what in my relationships am I trying to hide? Am I trying to hide something from myself or from my loved ones? Because on a day like this, it is likely to come to the surface. That might be the best thing that can happen in your relationship. And it may not feel easy or good in the moment. The best thing you can do when you're leading up to a day like this is to really embrace and explore the hidden parts of your own desire nature and of what is hurting you or how you might be hurting others to honestly and lovingly look at those sides of you before the transit happens so that you feel prepared and that you're not caught off guard and reactive in a way where your worst self comes through out of self-defense or protection. So this is really a lifelong practice of deepening into compassion and awareness around the shadow side of your own heart, around the ways that you as a human make mistakes and don't fully heal from them or cause harm to other people and need to be part of accountability and repair. If 
your relationships are generally healthy and supportive and loving. This should not be a transit that brings in something from outside that is like a big explosive crisis. Pluto shows what is already there. Pluto is a revealer of what is hidden. It doesn't drop surprises on you out of nowhere. So be aware that this transit is not going to be the easiest. And if you need to do some sort of relationship processing mediation, this might not be the best day for it because Pluto tends to bring a defensiveness to Venus and it can be hard to set meaningful boundaries and limits on a day like this because Pluto encourages a, a deep dive that can take us far deeper than we thought we wanted to go. What could be useful is to have a conversation before and after this day. Although I would also recommend maybe shying away from the full moon that's coming up on the 11th. So let's talk about that one next. On August 11th, there's a full moon in Aquarius, and this lunation is bringing back a lot of the themes of what we saw on the new moon in Leo. We have sun and moon opposite at... We have the sun and moon opposite each other, the sun at 19 degrees of Leo, the moon at 19 of Aquarius, and the moon is fairly close to Saturn. It's not a perfect conjunction yet, but Saturn's hanging out there at 22 degrees of Aquarius. And both sun and the moon-Saturn situation are in a square to that Uranus-Mars-North node situation and these are no longer tightly conjunct. We have the North Node at 17 degrees, Uranus 18 degrees, and Mars has moved on to 25 degrees of Taurus, but they're all really still hanging out there in that same section, and each of them is present in this T-square. So this is not, again, a very easeful lunation. Whatever you planted seeds for on the new moon and whatever you decided you want to be bravely struggling toward, whether that is opening your heart more, connecting outward, having faith in a future, moving toward that future with love, whatever it is you are working toward on an energetic level this month, this full moon is a test of a certain kind. This full moon is going to shine light on the difficulties of it. It is going to remind you what you might not have been looking at, what still needs consideration, what is missing from your scenario, where you feel limits, how you can get creative around those limits. And when we're talking about a full moon in Aquarius, we're always talking about an energy that has reached its peak and is ready to ebb backward. And Aquarius energy is the energy of future thinking, is the energy of being invested in thoughts and curiosity around collective well-being. Where Aquarius can get excessive is in feeling disconnected from its heart, disconnected from warm, loving, personal relationships, and hyper-focused on a plan, on if only this happened in these ways, everything would be perfect. Every manifesto that has ever been written that has any language around 
well, this group of people just needs to do this and then we'll be good. Or if only everyone did this one thing, then we'd be good. The certainty of these manifestos is the Aquarius shadow side. Leo understands that loving one another means a certain amount of uncertainty in terms of what the plan is, that, that, that people surprise us, that we surprise ourselves, that we have depths emotionally within us that mean we don't always act rationally and that we can't always track collective well-being as much as we would like to. So these are the things at tension in this lunation. And I invite you as much as is good for you to release shadow side Aquarius while staying very focused on how do you work with Saturn and Uranus at the same time? How do you balance Leo and Aquarius? Which is to say, how do we work within the restrictions and structures of these times to still be focused on the future we are trying to bring through collectively? And how do we focus on collective well-being without ignoring the needs of the self and our own personal lives, our own creativity and joy and romances and children and games, right? All the Leo things. This is a full moon that is asking us to reckon with a lot. And full moons can sometimes just feel extra already. So if, like me, you like to spend a full moons kind of hiding from the big energy all around, I invite you to just pay attention to what's coming up internally. Thoughts, feelings, anxieties, frustrations, desires. And to name to yourself what is this attached to? If I follow the thread from this anxiety toward a desire, what do I learn? If I follow this train of thought and find its origin, what does it tell me about what I'm concerned with right now? Just let yourself have that practice and do something to help release the way that you can get stuck in your head. And then on the 14th, we have another Mars aspect. If you'll remember from the year ahead horoscope that I did at the very beginning of the year, the second half of 2022 is really dominated by all of these Mars aspects. Mars as the kind of spark that sets off the flames. And this one is a gentler transit. It is a trine, it's not a conjunction or a square, but it is between Mars and the planet Pluto. And as you might know about Pluto by now, if you listen to my podcast or do any research on your own, Pluto is what brings up the depths. It shows us what we are scared of. It shows us where something has begun to fester and needs to be healed, often through a painful process. So if you think about anything in the human body that has gotten compacted and wrong. <laughs> if there's pus, if there is a tumor, if, if there's anything that's really like, oof, this, this needs to not be in the body anymore, Mars is the scalpel that comes and excises that. So Mars and Pluto, when they get together, that is the kind of energy we're talking about. We're talking about a focused, knife-like incision that can help us heal, but that it, it might hurt more at the beginning than it does before or after. A Mars trying to Pluto means that 
we might feel more ready for this, that we might be more willing to say, yes, I'm ready to release this thing. I'm ready to get it out of my system. I'm ready to look at it clearly and name that it is what it is. So that's happening on the 14th. On the same day, the sun is moving opposite Saturn fully. Uh, it, it began, you know, we, 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 it was present in the, in the full moon on the 11th, but this is the day that it perfects on the 14th. And days when the sun moves opposite Saturn are just days when we may be more aware than otherwise of our limitations and more frustrated with what we can or can't do or what we have or haven't achieved by now. So I invite you, especially because we got Mars wielding some knives around on this day, I invite you to be really gentle and compassionate to who you are in this moment and to understand your context, to really go into the whys of how you are the way you are right now. And some of that might be taking personal responsibility. I'm not really happy about the choices I made. I wish I'd made different ones. I hope to make better choices in the future. But a lot of that might also be context. You, like all of us, have been living through a global pandemic for several years now. You, like all of us, are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty and change globally, environmentally, politically. Add to that anything that has happened in your personal life recently. Deaths, injuries, illnesses, breakups, job changes, financial scarcity, health issues. Really, I want you to hold this full context for yourself, not as a way of having like a pity party or letting yourself off the hook for decisions that you want to be accountable for, but just as a way of remembering that you are affected by your context. You are affected by your experiences. You are part of this big soup we are all swimming in. You're not separate from that, which means However you're showing up right now, if you feel critique around it, you need to fold in that context because otherwise you're holding yourself to unrealistic standards that are encouraged by capitalism, by white supremacy, by, by systems that are not our friends. So I invite you to be a good friend to yourself on this day, August 14th. And the last transit I'll leave you with before we close is a very beautiful one. This is Venus trine Jupiter. It is happening on August 18th, and this is just a really lovely transit. Venus helps us access pleasure, beauty, love, sweetness, tenderness, and Jupiter is a gentle and loving amplifier of this energy on this day. There are still stressful things happening in the background astrologically, they are the things we've already been talking about throughout this whole podcast, but this is a day when you get some rest, when you can choose actively to let your system release the tension and the stress. So I invite you to do that on the 18th as much as you can, and I will be back before the new moon in Virgo, which will be on August 27th, so look for the next episode to drop on the 26th. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh-huh.